Consummate athletes seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, you might have missed us last week, uh, along with the rest of the Wide Angle Podium Network, the network that the Consummate Athlete is part of. Um, we decided to not put an episode out uh, because with the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, just all of the protests going on and everything, we, you know, as a network kind of decided it wasn't really the time to have distractions out there. We really kind of wanted to focus for ourselves on taking some time to sort of reflect and listen and educate ourselves and do all of that. So we thought it would be best to, yeah, take a break for the week. Um, you know, thanks, thanks for coming back. And, you know, in that week, we've spent a lot of time doing a bunch of reading and educating. And personally, we've, you know, donated to places like Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we've been taking part in local protests here and, you know, sort of doing what we can to, yeah, do as much as we can. Yeah, I think it's very tough times for sure. And I think for, you know, coming from Canada and a fairly privileged, I would say, life in a lot of ways, um, you know, it, it seems so far removed in a lot of ways. But when you do start to reflect on uh, the challenges that are out there, um, it's quite real. So I think taking that week to read more and just watch all that was happening. And, and like you say, we sort of we had a local protest on Monday um, that we're attending. So. Uh, trying to participate as we can and, and again just trying to stay alert so i hope everyone was able to reflect you know wherever they are in life and, and what what they can do yeah and that everybody is staying safe um and yeah with with that said uh, one thing we we sort of have been tossing around as a topic we wanted to discuss for the last i mean honestly two months at this point um sort of relates to the coronavirus crisis and just sort of where we are right now with with no races on the calendar and you know with just sort of the inability to kind of measure your your efforts up against other people i guess is is kind of the thing uh so the question we wanted to talk to you today is um how do you compete with your former self and sort of what are the the issues around competing with your former self yes and it's you know obviously a, a very upbeat topic yeah. um and hopefully we'll, we'll sort of give you some hope and some ideas on on how to to pivot you know i had proposed the the topics of sort of aging or losing my ftp you know, how do I like hold on to my FTP for all it's worth? I've realized that my uh, my answer to how do you compete with your former self is I don't. I just switch <laughs> sports every couple of years. Right. So right. Yeah. I, I just I just pivot a bit to the left so I can't compare anymore. And, and I think there's something to that. Honestly, I think that is an answer. That's why we're here at the consummate athlete is looking at different ways we can grow and expand ourselves in different movements, in different sports. Uh, but also we, we are of the belief that by going and learning to run or going to learn and strength train or, you know, giving ourselves all these options that we can move when we're injured or sore because we're getting older. Um, you know, we can keep training, so to speak, whether it's our minds or different parts of our bodies or different, you know, anaerobic versus aerobic. Uh, there's all these different elements, right? And that's really what this consummate athlete idea is about is, is using quote, you know, cross training to, to grow as we get older, you know, this isn't necessarily something for elite athletes. Um, although I've had some really good conversations this past week, uh, more on the elite topic and how at least diversity in 
you know, the sport. So cycling, all the disciplines is very important, right? So all that to say, we're going to talk a bit about this idea of, you know, when I was 20, I could run this fast or I could lift this amount of weight or I could ride for 20 minutes at this power output, but now I can't. Yeah, and this is a huge issue right now because with with everything that's happening with no races on the calendar, and you know, frankly, unless you have Strava Premium, you're you're now off the age group uh, leaderboard. Yeah, you entirely. brought that up as sort of a double whammy there, and I, I hadn't thought of the Strava, uh, you know, charging, which I I think is completely reasonable, uh, but I. I hadn't thought of that as like, oh, they've taken the like age group results away from that. And there's no races right now because of the virus. So now we're left with all we have is that 20 year old, you know, the with clients, we talk about our PBs and like our past personal bests. Right. And, and we don't dwell on that, but it is sort of this, like, how are we doing? Like what, which peak powers across the whole spectrum from five second sprints to, you know, 24 hours for some clients, we have power data that goes that far. Right. And, you know, sometimes you have these random peaks from, oh, I did this, you know, the last time I did a 24 hour mountain bike race, I was 19. So this is a long time. So that peak is, I don't intend to go back there. I don't think you could stay up 24 hours if you wanted to, Glassford. Well, I didn't then either, but (laughs) there's a big zero. (laughs) There's a big six hour gap in there somewhere. But I think, you know, as much as we laugh about this, there there is that reality that like at some point you either aren't going to do the thing again. And that just was, you know, I did Leadville back in the day and there's a good chance that that'll just be my personal best at Leadville. Maybe my personal best for a hundred miles on a mountain bike. You're only a hundred miles on a mountain bike. Mm. Yeah. Except for that 24 hour mountain bike race with the break in the middle. But does that count? <laughs> I mean, there's there's an average there somewhere, which gets into like, do we need to base off of averages? But we're not going to go too deep into the the power data today. At any rate, there's now at at the moment, for the most part, we only have ourselves to compete with. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think we we were watching Fraser. Do I pr- uh, I always pronounce it wrong? Yeah, you pronounce Fraser. it really weird. Fraser. No, Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, like <laughs> there's a, a U. Like with a J. Uh, Hush. Well, <laughs> So Fraser's dad, Martin Crane, or Marty, for those who know him well, uh, so he sits on this like uh, lazy boy all the time. That's sort of the joke of the show is that there's like this sort of gaudy lazy boy in, in Fraser's uh, really attractive oh apartment. Goodness. So Fraser, <laughs> Fraser, <laughs> Fraser is upset. Uh, about like his relationships is not going well. The ratings at his radio show are not well. He might actually not have a show at the time. No, he has a show. Okay, so things life's just sort of crummy. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like really stressing about this. There was like this photo in a restaurant. Like someone had drawn a photo, like a caricature. For the, for the Fraser Files out there, uh, this is Stefano's Italian restaurant. There was a caricature of him up on the wall and his yeah. forehead's really big. And they it. do that at like restaurants or diners, right? Like you'll yeah. see like, oh, all the famous people that have been at this restaurant. So they drew it and it really makes his forehead and his head is like massive, right? And, and I think they were trying to bring out the caricature of like, he does sort of have a bit of a balding yeah, that's like how forehead. caricatures work right but also i thought it was like oh yeah he's a psychologist like a big brain focus like so it, it made sense and so i could see where the, the oh, you, you got deep on yeah this. the artist i felt like did an okay job and people would get it but he like got obsessive about it and so the whole show is about that but then marty from his lazy boy sort of uh reflects that you know sometimes when life's really really chaotic and really crazy we like cling to something we feel like we can control 
um, and it, we like with obsession, right? And and not necessarily for any reason or or that that thing that metric we're recording or tracking is going to change anything else. Like, is that going to make us happier or not? You know, is that going to show us the improvement that we want? So I think I, I thought that was like a really sort of comical, but and random aside, but sort of gets to that, like, is that 20 minute power really indicative that you're getting better as a cyclist or, you know, a runner, it could be a a 5k time, Um, you know, or is it going to bring the happiness or the freedom you felt at 20 years old, right? There's a lot of things wrapped up in that, like, oh, my past self, right? I also think there's a lot of like false memories wrapped up in a lot of those like times and stuff like you and I were both kind of reflecting on like our, our peaks, I guess. And, you know, like if you think about like when you were probably racing at your best or had the highest power numbers or whatever, however you want to define it, like that was not necessarily the happiest time in your life if you're like honest about it. No, I mean, it came, I think, at the expense of a lot of stuff. Like looking back, I'd maybe do it slightly different. But I think given my genetics and what I had to work with, I think I was fortunate that I was able to focus so intently to get what I could but that does come at the cost of other stuff like social stuff or whatever. Right. Um, so now like, I feel like I'm in a much better place in that respect. I have a lovely wife. You have an adorable mini dachshund. Yeah, that has also been added to my life recently. And yeah, I think there's the, you know, and now there's work and there's all this other stuff that's really great. Um, so what we need to reflect on is like, you know, as life gets busier, as work comes in, we're all, you know, most of the people I work with are, are doing amazing things in work. When they tell me about what they did at work, I'm like, geez, how did you find time to do your bike workout? And like, we're talking about a bike workout and you've done all this amazing stuff in the day. And to them, it's just, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, and, and I'm as guilty as that. Like, you know, I do some, a bunch of stuff in the day and then I feel like I didn't do anything. And so we forget sometimes, right. That like, we have a lot going on. And so it's not weird that like when you were 20 and super motivated and you did that big winter training camp and you know, whatever, like there's probably a lot of stuff other than the fact that you were 20 that went into that, right? There's probably a lot of hard work, right? When I work with clients on this, it's often like, okay, well tell me about like the three months ahead of that PB. Oh, I was down in California for, you know, a full month. And then we did this big long race. It was the hardest race I've ever done. And then, you know, I recovered for a bit and, you know, then I did that 20 minute tea and I haven't climbed a hill that's 20 minutes long since I did that. You know, I've been trying to do this 20 minute TT indoors. Uh, right. And so there's a lot of factors wrapped up in that, that, that make it like a, you may not be able to replicate that given life right now. You may also not want to give up work, give up family, give up all this stuff to go back to that. Yeah. It's sort of like the, like, would you ever actually want to go back to high school? Like so many people are like, a little grumpy like oh i wish i was 17 again or like a youth again and then you think back you're like oh actually things were terrible when i was 17 i was a mess yeah uh, and humans are really good at remembering like that the good know, stuff. the freedom of high school or something right but yeah. you forget like hey yeah they made fun of me all the time and yeah. you know they were always like <laughs> they used to explode eggs in our microwave in the in the cafeteria that always upset me what a weird thing to be thinking about yeah they'd like walk in and put them in the microwave yeah, and then they just walk in, <laughs> just like, ah, <laughs> microwaves well, all Well, if there's any high school seniors listening to this that uh, want to make trouble when they get back to school next year, I guess this is your <laughs> your lesson plan here. Right. So that's that. So with the coronavirus, now we don't have races. So we were talking about the age group stuff. 
And it might just feel like FTP or that like really obvious number is the thing that you can control because it's especially like an FTP or a pace or like a 5k time, like something that's a really, really measurable thing feels like it's okay. If I can get to this, it's an achievement. Right. And I think for a lot of people, because we're not, you know, Catherine Pendrels or these like really elite people, we just had Catherine Pendrell on the podcast, sort of a random mention, but she would be someone who's like going to the Olympics and presumably is like reaching the peak of like her genetic potential and like doing as much as she can to push that. Right. So at some point she's going to, you know, retire and probably go on to other great things, but there'll be capacities that she won't ever come back to. Right. And we'll all get to the top of that and start a slow downward, uh, you know, in our fitness for that specific task. I say this took a turn for the <laughs> depressing here. But I think a lot of us don't have that and are maybe adult onset cyclists. So we've started cycling later in life. And, and so there's a lot of capacities. If we look at that whole power curve, especially like there's a lot of people when I get their power files, it's like they've only been doing, you know, sort of moderate rides. So it's like every, you, you get them to ride a little longer, PB power, you get them to do a bit of sprint practice and they figure out sprinting and going a little harder. And all of a sudden those numbers on the short end come up. And then it's funny sometimes when you take care of the two ends of the, the power curve, hopefully this is, people are familiar with what I'm talking about, but if you f- sprint for five to 30 seconds and then you go for like some two and three and four hour rides on the weekend, sometimes that middle number comes up because you've been working on, you know, the pole, so to speak. Right. Um, so there's other ways to go about it. That isn't just, you know, testing your CP 20 on the trainer every single day of the week. That actually sounds like honestly the worst thing that a person could do, which I think is the only other note on that. Like again, 5k time or, you know, your run pace or, or these things, you know, the, the weight you're lifting in the gym is that's a test. And so if you want to get better at that, you can probably, but you're going to need to put in some training, right? Which should hopefully be fun and something you want to do and something you can work on with wherever you are right now. But you, you know, you're going to have to go out and do your threshold intervals or whatever you believe in a bunch of sweet spot or whatever, um, to get better at that test. Right. And then you can retest and see how it goes. So often that's what I see is, you know, we want to get that 20 minute test, but we keep bashing our head against the test and we don't go and do something fun to get ready to test it again in a month or six weeks or eight weeks, you know, at the end of the summer, test it again and actually go to a big hill and try it. Right, right. It's way too easy to be like, oh, that didn't go well yesterday because X, Y, Z. Can I do the test? Yeah. Can I do the test again tomorrow? No. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. No, that was a good test. We got some feedback. We can go and try again. So I thought one thing um, as we move through this, the, the book Fast After 50 by Joe Friel, and I think there's rumor that he's working on like a Fast After 70 or something. Whoa. Um, we have some confirmation that he might be on the show yeah, in the, the summer sometime. He's, he's got a new book on indoor training coming out. So, yep. And we'll try and get him, obviously, to touch on some of this. So I think Joe is into his 70s now. Explains why he'd be thinking about writing that book. Uh, I might be wrong, but he's approaching that. So he's been, if you follow Joe Friel's blog, it's got some amazing stuff on it. I think, you know, he's been coaching for 40 years um, plus. And he's actually documented some of his own experience in this respect of like how much his FTP has dropped. And and he talks a lot about how he's just gotten busier and like when he travels, <laughs> he gets less fit, right? Which isn't always obvious, like your FTP or your fitness, however, you know, your fitness for going hard for an extended period of time declines if you don't keep practicing, right? Like we don't get that for life, right? It's not, 
you're always going to be an FTP of 250. Like it'll drop if you don't work on it. I wish I was an FTP of 250. But so I thought <laughs> you could do that. Uh, I think you may not want the to. The audience can't see it, but there are a lot of <laughs> eyebrows being raised. I'm pretty sure DWs are raised under the table. He's like, you're not going to make mom do this. You could probably do 250, but you'd have to bike a lot more. I'd have to do some actual. Like, <laughs> I don't think you can do your usual just like get on the bike and ride. You're impressive. Oh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. I mean, if you pedaled faster, maybe. Power test tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So in the Fast After 50 book, which we'll link to, and I think is a great read no matter your age. Like I, I really enjoyed it. It, it. it confirms a lot of my biases about training, um, especially for that sort of time limited and also the aging group. I feel like the fact that you've read it this much means like at 50, you're just going to like in, just be like faster the day you turn 50 somehow. Maybe. <laughs> I just started doing basically, I mean, and or continued, like I say, it sort of confirmed a lot of biases. Um, but I read this maybe when I was 30 and yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this now. So I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, which most people who know me would say I've been an older person, uh, at least mentally from very young. So Anyhow, the points I wanted to bring out. So he talks about some of the people like Ned Overend or some of these like classic cyclists. Tinker Juarez comes to mind. Um, what is the lady's name? Laura Van Gilder. Yeah, raced crits 50s. I think she's still racing crits. And winning crits like sprints, yeah. which is sweet. In like packs, in the pro field at 50. Yeah, and so a lot of these people have a raced at an elite level so i think that's always like a bias and i'm always careful because i have a few of these like masters athletes that raced at a pretty high level and have had access to like pretty good training environments for a lot of their life yeah like laura is super strong but like laura's ability to tactically work a crit and take a corner at like full speed right is a hundred percent why she is still at the front so i think the the point that joe's making in this is um some people are just like have great genetics, but I thought that what struck me about some of the examples he had was there are better disciplines. There's different disciplines, the different sports that may suit you better given a, that you're maybe aging or the type of training you like to do or can do given your surroundings and time available. But a lot of these sports do reward experience, right? we can all think of someone we know, you know, crits are classic, like road group rides are classic. There's always the, you know, 50, 60 year old person who's been doing them their whole lives. Um, we had this guy named Walter and I remember his hands like were curled into the shape of like the brake, the handlebars. And that he was never that fit. And keep in mind, I was like a teenager. This is like the first club I ever was in. And I remember learning so much cause that guy never got dropped. Like he'd maybe get like Sega Hill but he would always somehow just be arrow tucking back onto the group on any of the downhills and like always positioned amazing. Right. And I would say Laura Van Gilder is probably the same. She's and Myerson would be another great example. Not that he's 50, uh, but Adam Myerson in the States with cyclocross and crits. Um, and I think Myerson's written and talked a bit on his podcast, which you can find on the wide angle podium. Some of the older episodes he did about like how his FTP was super low uh, for a professional man. And he did great in crits, even in like recently, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So I think, again, tactics, learning the skills. There's a lot of things, again, my biases that around skills, pre preparation uh, that we that that aren't just threshold. 
And I mean, if you think about the FTP example in particular, like, does that actually apply to the sport that you want to do? Like, FTP has n- almost nothing to do with mountain biking. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd see, like, some sort of correlation in the results. But what we always assume, and this is, again, related to some of the conversations I've been having even in elite sport, but I think you could transpose this to your age group. There's sort of, like, a requisite amount of fitness you need to have to get there, right? Like, you wouldn't be racing at nationals in the master 50 to 55 if you didn't already have some fitness but the actual results especially at the pointier end like to get a podium there's some tactical you know equipment you know preparation you know even just like anaerobic again this is where like can you start and clip into your pedals might be an example in like a mountain biker cross race in the crit it might be do you make the right decision at the right time like do you save enough energy So there's a lot of stuff going on in sports, right? Like I would say discipline agnostic because even the 200 mile dirty Kansas, I would say people screw up a lot of stuff and leave time. Like, can you draft, right? Can you you pedal efficiently? You know, do you have a cooling strategy? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into sport that's not at all related to age and probably benefits age because you're more conservative for the sake of pacing. You're more patient. You know, there's all this stuff like you actually put the time and prepare and like pack your bag with a checklist. So there's a lot of things that actually do like you just need to put in the years. So now we're at a time where we could enjoy this if we if we forgot about the fact that like, you know, what is it? Father time ticking away. The the time is ticking. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's keep going through this Joe, Joe Friel book and sort of the points that I thought. So he talks about three big limiters or three big things that are going to change as we get older. So briefly, those are decreasing aerobic capacities would be like your VO2. Uh, we see, you'll see different numbers thrown out, but basically that will decrease each year. I really wish I had like a sound effect where I could just go, wah, wah. But there's ways that you can have that reduce less, you know, over the sake of years or over the course of years. The second one is increasing body fat. and then shrinking amount of muscle sort of related to that right so it's harder to put on muscle um and and you have to work to maintain that muscle so if if we had to summarize this book i would say that um the the due intensity so that's going to address that vo2 so vo2 is like working pretty hard right that's over that ftp number Right. So this is Steven Seiler's episodes would be very relevant here. So just doing Steven Seiler type training, four by four, four by eight, uh, which is sort of over that traditional FTP number to work on your FTP. Right. And that's what Steven Seiler was talking about. Um, the body fat piece. So there might be some dietary stuff and it might involve eating a bit different than when you were 20. Often that means, you know, you don't get away with as much junk food, which you may sound effect. Uh, and that could be a lower carbohydrate, but we're talking again, junk food, sugar, not necessarily going crazy on the diet and reducing all carbohydrates, right. but you just might not need quite as much. Right. And this could relate to a really great endurance capacity that you've developed. And I think it's worth kind of pausing here and just kind of coming back to what you were saying, how you're doing a lot of this now, despite not being 50. I mean, I think the book is probably worth reading as soon as you hit like mid thirties. hundred percent. 
early 30s well, because of that's your where setup. That's, <laughs> what that's when all this stuff happens, right? Yeah. Um, the, is it starts at 30. You're in much better shape at 50 if you've started kind of thinking through this stuff now. It's it's like skincare. If you thought about it when you were 14, <laughs> you wouldn't have wrinkles when you're 32. Right. And it's what is it? Youth is wasted on the young or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then the strength training Again, maybe for our elite cyclists, you'll be like, eh, I don't know if it's worth it. They could just pedal their bikes. But for us, again, consummate athlete, the gym's probably readily accessible through winter while we're at work at lunch. And at coronavirus, you can just do push-ups, right? And we're trying to maintain muscle mass in our full body. I'm going to re-record you saying just do push-ups. So every time you show me on Kijiji, here's like an $800 kettlebell that we need to get Oh, now. yeah. No, I was trying to buy like a full deadlift setup to put on our, our on our back deck uh, in our very small condo. Yeah, we have a 1,000 square feet. So I was feet. like, Molly, how do you feel about $500 for uh, <laughs> how much weight was it? Like 300 pounds or something. Not good. Which is ambitious that I would be lifting 300 pounds. Yeah, not pounds, good about it. That's a goal. Um, so all this to say, like that stuff's going to happen and that's going to be like, we're fighting father time. Dan John talks about like, we're all fighting gravity, right? Gravity's trying to push us into the ground, so to speak. Um, you know, sagging wrinkles, all this stuff. Death. Right. And that the Dan John has a very like biblical way about him because he's been trained as, you know, in, in that theology. Um, but I think that's true, right? We're doing muscle. We're we're trying to sprint. We're trying to jump. We're trying to throw. We're doing some trying to keep that explosive stuff. That, and this is the, the the another point that Joe makes. So those were the three main points. But moving on here is that also life changes around thirty, uh, and we've talked about this a bit. But it's not just aging, and this is where some of the confounding factors with aging, like the VO two decreases after thirty, the muscle mass decreases after thirty, body fat increases after thirty. Is that because of time and aging? only or at all or is it because we work more sit more have kids um you know just become maybe more comfortable in life we don't have to hustle anymore you can um, actually afford bottles of wine instead of jugs yeah and maybe you're not a you don't have to go out to the club or whatever right so there's there, there are things that happen obviously physiologically we are aging but i think there's a lot of things and this is the point joe makes the hopeful message in joe's thing is that despite the fact that we are fighting that, you know, the time. I want to say father time. Uh, I just, every time you say father time, you sound like it's like a daddy daycare service. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but. Or like father Christmas or something. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, it's a thing. <laughs> right, just, right. Your, your enunciation of it or something is just coming off really oddly. Apologies to the listeners. Right. So I think his message then is that, you know, there is this way we can train. It doesn't necessarily mean like only training low intensity, which is where a lot of us go. Like it gets harder to motivate any sort of interval training. Uh, and then there's also diet lifestyle stuff, right? With your, your classic, like, how can you be healthy? Greg Lehman was talking about this in regards to back pain, but it's similar to fitness and, you know, how good you feel in your workout is the alcohol, sleep quality, um, you know, stress reduction, socializing, uh, and then dietary, like just your standard good diet, like vegetables, enough protein, enough food to fuel what you're doing. And I can see how all of this stuff like is kind of like frustrating or like isn't as sexy as like an FTP or a 5K PR or any of that because, you know, none of that is like super quantifiable or Instagrammable or 
like show offable, I guess. Like right. it's all it's kind of part of the whole instead of like this one number. But I mean, ultimately, like w- which would you rather have, right? Like an FTP of two fifty or a really healthy lifestyle where you actually feel super good and like are ready to race next year. Well, and I think that's the like li- life as like a or or training as an analogy for life, I guess. Is that like there's this delayed gratification and most of the days are not special. There's nothing special. Like I did a 90 minute, you know, flat ride. Just putting, you know, it just is a ride, right? Like there's nothing overly special about it. You know, I try and throw some skids and bunny hops and stuff into that to make it fun. Explore a little bit, but there's nothing amazing about it, right? And and it's enjoyable, right? And I think that's comes back to that idea of like finding that thing that's enjoyable um, in line with what you were saying, there's Joe, I had this piece and this will be the last thing from the fast after 50 book that I'll mention. Cause I want you all to read it is he mentions those three things that are decreasing talks about, you know, that you can strength train, you can do intervals, you can control your diet to really reduce how much that's changing every year. But then he has this like note that it's very tempting that some of these things could be like magically taken care of by a pill or a procedure or a drug or a supplement or you know hit you know high intensity like super fast like whatever workout but he emphasizes that like that is not the case like it's it's the same as you say sort of boring um you know or normal stuff right it's nothing fancy it's nothing expensive usually um, it's just done consistently, right? Yeah. As I was working on a, a project that we're, we're pretty psyched on, kind of talk more about that in the coming months, but do I know about this project? You do know about this okay. project. Um, I was working on, I talked about like sort of a before and after snapshot. And as I started reflecting on it, I realized you never, if you're doing all of this stuff kind of like right, quote unquote, like you never really have an after snapshot because it's, there isn't really one. Like the point well, I is guess... that like it's constant progression and like you're staying there you're not like hitting like done okay like if you hit that ftp what are you going to do next like i guess what you would hope to see is a a maintenance or or slow decline so again it might be tough because the your ftp might not be the same your test might not be the same but you might see it you know maintained but you're continuing to maintain it which still takes that like unsexy work right so i think the point is like we have this like movie kind of view of our lives right my my makeover montage jokes aside like there's always like this like end point and you know credits roll um yeah that really only happens you know when you're dead so (laughs) you don't really want that after photo well and i guess maybe what we're doing here and this is maybe worth touching on too so we have this like elite view of performance which we're all like you read in the magazines you see in the tour de france right but that's you know performance orientation that's not inherently healthy right like at some point pushing your limits and becoming super elite at something is not necessarily the healthiest thing. And I I don't know if that's always intuitive to everyone, right? Sometimes we hold up our like tour de France cyclists with their like, you know, they can barely hold themselves up on the The, bike The T-Rex, and they're very fit. They have tremendous CP twenties, but they're not necessarily healthy. If you looked at all biomarkers of, of health, right there, a lot of them are, are great, you know, live for a long time and stuff, but like there, there is some cost to pushing to the limits of human capacity. Right. Um, you know, bone mass would be one that comes to mind typically for an elite cyclist. Right. 
because they're not doing a lot of this other stuff. Right. So I think when we shift our view to longevity is how long can I be mountain biking? Cause that is pretty important. Like I really enjoy mountain biking, right? I really enjoy going out and exploring and finding new trails and riding with friends. And today I ran into people I hadn't seen in a long time and across the trail, I talked to them. And so how long can I do that? So I think the success for me is, you know, when I'm 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road. And, and I have examples in peer group of people in their sixties and seventies who are still mountain biking. And honestly, like pretty well, right. And, and they still have aches and pains and they have to take, you know, an extra recovery day here and there, which is covered in the Joe Friel books or to how you deal with just, there's an extra recovery day you might have to throw in. But I think that's that's the success for a lot of us is can I keep doing these things at some frequency, right, that I like to do? And so now we're trying to actually, yes, have a performance. We could still be looking at age group stuff, but also thinking about the actual act that we enjoy, right? So it's not always just that, like, test. It's actually the thing that we're trying to do. Like, can we go for a run, you know? Right. Right. And that may require doing less in some ways, right? Um, then maybe the, 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 you know, Instagram worthy ride, it might be a shorter ride so that I can ride again tomorrow. You can still Instagram that, no judgment. I could, yeah. And so it's changing the focus a bit. Um, so what that brings to mind then is the idea of point A, point B, which is another Dan John thing that I've sort of stolen and, and manipulated. I mean, I feel like that's like an everything. That's like a what color is your parachute thing. I mean, not <laughs> anything, anything Dan John, ever. I think is worth. He has a few books, right? Like what do we do or what, what do we do now? Or so, what now or something? Yeah, now. Oh, I'm blanking on all the Dan John books. But a lot of them are phrasing like, can you go? And then like after sort of you've gone. And, and he has a great way of sort of looking at like what type of goals should you be setting? Like if everyone wants to be an NFL player but none of us are NFL players. You're either sort of in his framework. You're like a kid doing phys ed. You're an NFL player. You know, you're a very elite power lifter who like just has to lift a weight off of gra the ground or you're all of us. So like every single person basically is this like quadrant three and we're just trying to keep the body moving. I would like to be a kid in gym class again, please. I actually was just thinking the other day that I wish I could go back and like, just tell myself to have more fun in gym class. Yeah, we're probably, in a, maybe that's like the future of consummate athlete. We'll start like having like dodgeball league. Well, just like a gym you'd go to, right? It would be akin to sort of like what move Nat's doing or some of those brands that it's like not so, so much of like your traditional fitness class. It's a little bit more like out in the wild, but yeah, you could show up and you'd just be like, yeah, full out sort of like gym class was right. You didn't even know what you were showing up to. And they're like, today's baseball. And you're like, I don't even know baseball. It's like, these are the rules for baseball. Also, here's a quiz on the rules for baseball. Yeah. And you're like, are you yeah. hungover yeah. today? You don't even have desks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you ever do the thing where you had to like sit on the bleachers and they like, like played like we will rock you and you're like kicking the bleachers and there's like clapping. <laughs> this sounds like they were just I trying. I really lazy was that like a, That was like, oh, we need some participation points. Well, make them do the wave. I think so, honestly. <laughs> okay, so we have point A, point B. So this is where are you now, which can, this is part of our thing is like figuring out where we are now. So we might do a test. We might say, you know, I am overweight. I am, you know, not doing well in this type of race situation. 
I am learning to ride a bike. I'm, I'm transitioning to running now. So there's a lot of different ways we could look, but some of the challenge is point A, point B sounds really, or is really easy to say, but what's wrapped up in that, where are you now and where do you want to go is we have to sort of figure out a, the, the starting point so that we can make a good decision on what's next, what we should train, what we should do. Um, so that's at an appropriate level an appropriate challenge and then also an appropriate direction, right? We don't want to send you off doing high intensity interval training if that's not relevant or, you know, even safe for you. And then we also want to know which sets our orientation. We can draw a line between these two points for where you want to go. Right. So we also want to assess that goal. Do you actually need to lose weight? Like, why do you need to lose weight? Like, what does losing weight actually mean? Right. Like, are we losing body fat? Are you okay losing muscle? Um, Right. You know, is that even a relevant goal or is there something that sounds more fun that we could be working at? Well, and that brings up uh, we're actually going to have later this month a sports psych on. We already did the interview, but that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks, uh, Alison Pope Rodius. And I was talking to her about this and, uh, you know, the, the question as I posed it to her was like, uh, what do you tell someone who feels like they should be able to do their 5k PR? They should weigh this much or they should, you know, be at this goal weight or this goal time or whatever. And she like went super like, like Frazier esque on me. And she's like, well, you know, the key word that I'm noticing here is you said should this is after she already did that to me with like I noticed you said never there <laughs> so just wait for my embarrassment okay. in that I like episode. this I yeah. like I like good questions that you ask people and like Ooh. words to listen for so yeah. I, I'm intrigued yeah so she she caught me saying should um and I hadn't even really n- noticed it I was asking what I thought was a very like casual question yeah um and then I realized it's probably something that I say all the time too um so, you know, I, I'm sure you get a lot of clients that come and say like, oh, I, I guess I should lose 15 pounds. In right? the last week, I've had several, several, two, maybe who are like, I, do you think I should Everest? Do you like do the Everesting thing? So that's like, basically, you're going to ride your bike for 13 hours and try and climb. What, what did we decide it was? 8,000 meters? It's something ridiculous. Um, yeah. So should. So what was her solution then when I say I should do that on Sunday? six days from now well it's very similar to uh the myth of stress books kind of uh, which we'll link to really like that framework it's got some worksheets you can yeah it's one of the books that i think you and i both reread probably like at least every other year if not more often yeah yeah at least uh, the the workbook i or like sheet i come back to because it sort of has like write down what you think you should do and then essentially it's like list reasons you should not do that (laughs) um which often helps yeah and like how it makes you feel and then like yeah, it works too. Allison's was not quite as in-depth as that, but it was just sort of like, why, why should you do that? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, especially with like the Everesting one, is, is such an easy one. Like, oh, should I Everest? Why, why should you? Yeah. And it just kind of forces you to actually explain it. Because I think most of the time, if you notice yourself saying should, it means that you got the idea from someone or somewhere else. And it probably wasn't your desire to begin with maybe maybe it's become it and you know maybe it is really good and maybe asking why you should do it will actually just clarify why it's a good idea and that's great too that's very important also yeah and might elucidate you know some other things around it that maybe are fun right so i with this whole coronavirus thing i've been now on a few interviews we're actually doing a thing we should have been more prepared to promote this oh yeah june 10th um yes i could not tell you what time we'll put it in pa- the show well, notes. if you look up paris dancaster and we'll 
put this out, I guess, on Instagram and Twitter too. Um, we're doing like a panel discussion sort of around training for coronavirus coming up on the 10th of June. Tra- training the, in the time of coronavirus. Right, right. So there might be something there. It. But all that to say, everyone who's listened has, has heard and we've written a couple articles around sort of this idea of like, okay, so there's no races. So we could look at point A, point B, but around that whole concept, we could also say like, what are you drawn to do? What seems fun? What seems possible? What can you do given the limitations of life and work and what you have in front of you? Um, what, what just like, what are you drawn to do? It may be nothing. You may want to curl up in a ball and that's completely reasonable. And we can work on that again. This is where like, sometimes the focus is either on the point A or the point B. And then I want you to also think about 2021 or five years or 10 years or whatever in the distance, right? Cause right now we don't have a ton going on and that's not to say there isn't goals in 2020 that we can be working on in timelines, but I want you to think about those future. So, okay, I'm thinking about dirty Kansas gravel race, 200 miles. This is really long. What am I nervous about? What am I not good at? What have I not done before? What is really foreign to me? What could I be doing now? So a lot of clients, it's like, well, you never ride gravel and you want to do a 200 mile gravel race. So this year, could you get on the gravel a couple times a year, get on your gravel bike more, figure out tubeless tires on a thing? Can you learn how to change flats on your tubeless or on your gravel bike? Can you start riding with a pack? Can you work on cooling? Can you work on fueling? Can you work on, you know, group riding? So because that's going to be an instantaneous like 10% gain for a lot of people if they can draft. This list gets me like so psyched. Every time I hear this, I'm like, oh my gosh, awesome. I need to work on all these my, things. My voice is motivational. That's awesome. Um, oh, that's pushing. So, so what we're putting between point A and point B then is, so we have our should statements we can examine. I think there's probably some gold in there on the should, should nots. So that's great. I think what do you enjoy? I think is important for this year. And we're really drawing on that with a lot of clients. I'm almost saying, you know, here's a rough framework or a rough workout idea and just go do it. So we'll take Steven Seiler four by eight, three to four by eight to 12 minutes, Molly, just, you could run, you could bike, whatever bike you want, just go do it. Then I look at the file and I'm like, Hmm, there was some really nice five minute Hills in that little effort you did. Could you return to that next week? Same, you know, similar route, whatever you feel like, but could you do that five times on that Hill for me or, or something, right? Or I want you to go and try and beat, you, you, you know, you did that in five minutes. I think you could try and beat that time. Just do it once hard and then do whatever you want. So we can start drawing on what you're compelled to do and what you have in front of you, right? Again, a lot of us are limited by what we have in front of us. Uh, so that CP20 might be like, my CP20 is on a beautiful gradient 30, you know, or a beautiful gradient 30 minute climb. So you'd never run at a climb, um, you know, I can't do that here with a 10 minute hill. Like it's just, you're, you're stacking the cards against you. Right. So what I might do, you know, what do I have in front of me that I can actually tick away at and test? Right. Well, that eight minute <laughs> Steven Tyler intervals, there we go. Right. We can work away at that. So I'll have to say, what do you feel like you want to do? What do you need to do for that 2021 goal is a great thing. Right. And again, there's so many things that all of us can get better at. Right. Do you have some things that you could get better at? I have so many things I could get better at. Okay. Well, you're getting ready for, say, 100K races? Yeah, 100K, 100 mile. I don't know. Who knows? Right. Um, So long running races. Yeah. So there's lots of things. Yeah. I think I I keep realizing every weekend as I'm doing my long runs, I'm like, yep, fueling is going to be an issue. Fueling is still going to be an issue. Fueling's definitely an issue. Well, we have a good fueling episode coming up too. I know. 
I'm very excited uh, Athlete's for that. Gut, right? Yep. Yes, coming up soon as well. So we'll tease that one in there. Uh, if people are needing that one. Yeah. Although, you know what? If you're anything like me, I don't recommend listening to anything about the gut <laughs> while you're running. The amount of podcasts I've had to skip over, like there was a great one. I forget who, what podcast it was, but it was like Dr. Louise Burke, who like is one of like the forerunners for like yes. uh, sports nutrition. Yeah. A lot of the keto studies. Yeah. yeah could not carbohydrates Because as soon yeah. as you start talking about gut stuff, I'm just instantly like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's the same with any episodes on cramping. I also can't listen to them on the run. Greg Lehman would be excited yeah. about this. Yeah. With the, if you haven't listened to the Greg Lehman, it's a great one as well. Cause it, he, he touches on the, uh, he has his cup analogy for pain and sort of, we can all handle so much. Uh, but if you can make your cup bigger by all these lifestyle factors or maybe increasing your training capacity, then sometimes you can take more. So that could be more training or more stress before something breaks you know right, so we have right. pain or whatever um so that would be another great epi uh, episode to review mm -hmm. again in the note of sort of aging and making ourselves more resilient and helping longevity and health span yeah um and then i think the the only other thing i would add is just kind of if anyone's listening to this and trying to figure out like okay that's all great i don't want to compete with myself you're right what the heck should i do then um, you can always book a phone consult with peter you can find that over at consummateathlete.com um, and we have, you know, tons of articles and stuff going up pretty much daily right now. Um, really psyched on the content over there. So if you're kind of struggling for some motivation, there's pretty much something up every day that will hopefully give you a little nugget of wisdom or motivation to get out the door. Yeah, hopefully that's good. And then the Healthy Habits Kickstart Guide is a free guide we have as well. Uh, yep. We've done a podcast about it, which I'll link to. And then there's also, so it's a free seven day. Yep. And yeah, it just sort of runs you through a bunch of different things that, um, you know, meditation or a bit of morning yoga or different things like this. Pantry clean outs, maybe one. Yep. And so some of them may be a miss, but the general consensus is that sort of like you get in this routine of like a trying some different routines, habits, and then maybe one of those you're like, oh, meditation actually wasn't that bad. And someone put a resource in front of me. And now that's maybe you're going to do a couple minutes of meditation and, and that could spiral out from there. Yeah, exactly. They're all kind of meant to be pretty quick things you can do. Um, it's if, if those those who've been listening for a few years might remember the original version was quite lengthy and was definitely like, oof, this is a lot of stuff to do. We've since kind of tweaked it and made it. So if you want to do a lot, there are resources, but really it's like two minute things. Yeah, it's pretty mo much just like, you know, a couple lines of do this, yeah. tr try this today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out again over at consummateathlete.com. That's where the show notes and everything live. Um, anything else to add, Peter? No, I don't think so. I think that's, that's great. I think hopefully that's helpful. I know it's a common fear for all of us is that getting older. And I think focusing on that stuff we can control and, and the, the positives in a lot of ways, right? Like we have the resources in a lot of case, we have maybe some time, um, and experience. And we also have the opportunity. I think my favorite thing about all this is I don't have to only ride, you know, cross country mountain bikes. Now I can do go running with you. We can do strength. You know, I'm not held to as much, you know, really single discipline. So if the weather's great for this, the conditions are good for this, the friends are doing this. Um, and that's really our consummate athlete idea, right? Like why we're so psyched on this is that I think it does a, give us more options. It spirals life outwards as far as social and stress and enjoyment. Um, and then I think there's also that like inward, I think when we're 
trying to get fitter because we're doing more and you know learning new things we come back to our bicycle and we're like oh damn you know when i was rock climbing i figured out this thing you know this tension that came from pulling on the rock and now i figured out how to stand on a bicycle and my cp20 just went up because i stood up a couple times or paddleboard and now my foot muscles are activated better oh this is yeah i don't know about that but i'm really excited about (laughs) that (laughs) anyway on that note thank you all so much for for tuning in and we will see you back here in just a couple days with another awesome interview take care be safe and we'll see you soon Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. While you still have your podcast app open, do us a huge favor, head over to iTunes or whatever app you're listening in and rate and review the podcast. It's super helpful. It, you know, gets us more guests on the show. It gets me a dog. Um, And it's just, you know, a good way to give back if we've provided any kind of value to you throughout all of the episodes you've listened to. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find those at www.consummateathlete.com. We have lots of Other content over there and any information about coaching or events can also be found at that same website. And you can find us on the social medias at Molly J. Herford and at Peter Glassford on Twitter and Instagram. And we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.